Welcome to The Trainer's Tribe, a podcast for group fitness business owners who want a reliable business that gives them the freedom and impact they desire. My name is Kyle Wood, and I'm joined by Dale Sidebottom. We're the first people to tell you that working harder or working longer is not necessary. We've both built successful boot camps and created profitable online businesses, which has given us the lifestyles that we love. How do you build a fitness business that's both profitable and that you love working on? That's why we created this podcast. Let's dive into today's episode. Uh So what are we talking about today? We're talking about uh, episode number six, uh, guys out there, is business do's and don'ts. Now, these aren't just things that we both have done well or have failed from along the way. These are things that are pretty sort of common mistakes that we've seen other trainers and ourselves make. So what we're going to do is we, uh, again, like we, we like to plan our own sort of things and then we'll collaborate, but we've both got five dot points here that we're going to go through and uh, sort of share maybe the five do's and don'ts that we see as the most important along our journeys. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So number one on my list, I'll get a started, Cole. I'll get straight into it is... Now, I suppose this is a big one, and it's don't be cheap. Now, what I mean by this is don't be cheap with equipment, okay? So I think this will reflect in your business if you're not spending money in equipment or that the equipment you're buying isn't good quality, right? People know that, and they expect good quality. So I think the more you invest in the business, the better it's going to go, and equipment's a really big one there. Another thing that uh, took me a while to do, and I wish I hadn't have, but is to get a good website. So, and I think the best way to get a good website is to buy a domain. So you can go to GoDaddy or Domains or anything like that. Buy a name, which is pretty cheap. You probably get one for $20. Get a WordPress theme, which is, they're free. And then if you don't have, obviously know how to install one, you can hire people to do it. And I know my first website, which I think is still there if you want to check it out, is dalesidebottompt.com. I think that cost me about $150 to get made. My latest one, bottomsup.fitness, that cost me a bit more. That was about a grand. But both of them, I got people in the Philippines and the last one in Thailand to make those. So um, again, saving costs by going overseas. And I've found a really good developer now that does all my sites and that's who's done my last one well, i really like squarespace as yep. well is a good sort of do-it-yourself i mean i use wordpress as well but for my wife's business we use squarespace because it's got commerce e-commerce built in and it's also just drag and drop so with basically like you don't need to know about css or php ah. which, which which helps a lot with wordpress yep and you can just yeah, rearrange the site to how you want it to look. And yep. if you yeah, if you want to take payments through there, you can hook it up with Stripe pretty easily as well. So cool. that starts about $10 a month. And I think the first year that includes your domain name too. So Oh, really? Well, um, it's even cheaper than going and buying a domain and getting yeah, somebody else to do it. Yeah. So that, that's one that's worth probably, checking out. Probably a good way to do it if you didn't know a great deal and you were a little uh-huh. bit scared about maybe hiring somebody. Yeah, if you just want a basic website that's basically got homepage, like who you're about, yep. what services you run, like, you know, like a f- sort of four-page website, how to contact you, it's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. exactly what you need. And, and to be honest, that's all you really need at the start. Yeah. I think that's important as well. My last one, and I, I think this is really important, but don't be cheap on your logo, right? Because I think that if you're 
if you're just trying to make one yourself or whatever, I think getting a really professional logo and also your clothing. I think if you look the part, it's all part of that game face, you know, yeah. obviously your attitude, your energy. Yeah. And I think looking the part as well, that is the way you present yourself. I think that is really important. So, yeah, I mean, you've got your bottoms up fitness, Nike brand top, you know, you spent money. That's probably like a 90, what, $90 top uh, here in Australia. I think about 200, 200. Yeah. Mm, I mean, there yeah, you go. And, yeah. uh, yeah, or like go out, get the Lululemon, like yeah, go, yep. yeah, spend the money. Don't just get the the t-shirts which they have at the print shop. Correct. Actually, go out and buy something, and then and then get your stuff put on it. And I think the reason why that's important is they fit better, they're mm-hmm. better to work out in, and they last longer. So yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. like even though this probably cost me close to two hundred and fifty dollars once it's all printed and things like that. Uh-huh. It's, I've had this for over a year now, and yeah. it still looks pretty new. It looks pretty yeah, new. So yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I do wash my clothes regularly, Kyle, but, <laughs> but that's what I was... you wearing that a lot for work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. wear it nearly every day, particularly yeah. at the moment in winter because it's so cold. Uh-huh. But I think, yeah, the more you spend on good quality, it'll reflect in how you come across to everybody. So I think that's a big sort of first one for me right there is don't be cheap. There are a number of different ways that you can go about it. But, yeah, don't be cheap. Cole, what's your first awesome. one? Don't be cheap, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my first one, but, but it seems as we're talking about this. So I had to think about, you know, when you're starting a new business, you want to bootstrap it, especially these days. It's really easy to do, especially because you can leverage online. You don't need to spend thousands of dollars of putting it out in the paper because you can spend, you know, like 50 bucks on Facebook and do a whole bunch of marketing on there. Yep. So, yeah, my thing was that bootstrapping is about being frugal, not being a tight ass. And there's a difference between the two. So, being tight is about, like, using equipment, for example, is about buying the cheapest equipment or even making equipment yourself. Yep. Whereas being frugal is about buying good quality equipment that's going to last you. That's also safe for your clients to use. Yep. So, that was one thing I had down for that. Another thing was, like, don't worry about things like business cards for now like it's going to be really rare unless you you are a face-to-face type marketing person who's giving out your cards all the time it's going to be really rare that you're going to need that so it's one of those things when we start a business that we think oh i need i need a business card i need like this thing i need this (laughs) yeah yeah i did the same that was one of the first things i did was get business cards and now i have like I just threw out like 3,000 business cards of these like old businesses that I never even got around to giving out. Yeah. So I guess one thing that if you want something to hand out, it'd be better off like getting a flyer done or something like that. That's actually got a bit more information yep. on it. And the other thing I had around being frugal is about like hiring an assistant. So like being tight is like you, you don't want to give away any of your money Whereas hiring an assistant, even if it either is a trainer who's going to assist you or as a personal assistant who's going to help you run the business, yep. depending on where your strengths are, that's just going to explode how quickly your business can grow and how much better you can leverage your time. So those are things which equipment, avoiding things for your business that you think you need that you don't you actually don't. need. Yep. And yeah, reinvesting in staff as quickly as possible. And I suppose <clears throat> I'm going a little bit off course here as well, but one of mine was hiring people that are better than you at certain tasks. And I think the big thing is here that, and I know it's hard at the start, but letting go control. So there's certain things in my business that I'm really good at. I'm great at planning, engaging lessons and engaging with my clients, but my book work, my graphic design, my online design, my marketing 
are all things that don't come as naturally to me. So instead of using my time to do those, I have invested and I pay virtual assistants. So again, where you're going with Gov, getting a, a trainer on board or getting someone to help with your admin or your books or something like that, the more people you have working, and I know that we'll hear a little bit about this from uh, Jared Robinson, one of our upcoming interviews, but the more people that you can have working for you, the, the more time I have now to creating quality content that now my clients love and also online clients. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really big take out of this. Know your strengths, play to those, and invest in other people that are better at you at certain things. So hiring people that are better than what you are at certain things is a really big point for me. And that's I've only really done that in the last six months and my business has gone really well mm-hmm. since then. Yeah. yeah, I think that can be pretty scary especially when hiring trainers because we think oh they we have the scarcity mindset we, we think they're going to leave us or yep. they're going to take all our clients you know they're going to be better than us but i mean that's a whole another thing like if if your trainers are leaving you the problem's not with your trainers the problem's with you yep. like you may not feel that way but you need to have a good look at yourself and what's going on with you the problems with the i'm mean, saying like when you're if you get a bad graphic design back from your designer, yep. you know the problem is not actually with him. It's that you My haven't been clear enough with him. Correct. Yeah. About what you need. And so that's what it's all about, being really clear. Uh, that's, yeah, it's really good advice. And I suppose the more I work with certain people, like I don't employ people straight up. I give them a bit of a tester. And after a while, they figure out what I like. The And then it's really easy to work with them. At the start, it takes a little bit of training. But uh-huh. in the end... Not only am I saving a lot of money now, but I'm getting amazing content done, and I and it's because the people I've worked with know like what I want. So it's the same with a trainer, anybody that's going to help with your admin. Once you train them up with how your business runs, or your sessions, or what your clients like, then it's only a matter of time before they will figure that out, and you won't need to remind them because uh-huh. that's training them up. Uh-huh. Mm. And also, I like this idea of having a look at. When a trainer works with you, it is in a way is a different kind of education and you don't expect someone to stay at school forever. No. So there is a chance that they are going to leave you one day and to not look at that as a bad thing, but to look at that as you've just, you've helped this person on, you know, on their next, the next thing they're going to, to yep. be supportive of that. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. Correct. Yeah, I like that. I, like I mean, that. and you're obviously going to get a lot of use out of them while they're working for you as well. So <laughs> you are, you are exactly right. Uh-huh. And you never, you never know where they may go in future. You know, if you've obviously done a really good job at mentoring them, then they may have opportunities for you in the future as yeah, well. Exactly. So by them leaving, don't think that's a bad thing. You know, they might be going on something bigger and better that can help you out in the long run as well. Uh-huh. Mm. So I think that's a really big thing to look at. Okay, is it my turn? It's your turn, mate. Okay, so the thing I had written down first, which it was like, this was this was my big mistake when I started, was that I thought if I just focused on the training, that everything else would work out. You know, all the business stuff would work out. The clients would come, you know, they would stay, they would keep coming. Yep. Uh, everyone would pay on time. You know, everything, a lot of, I don't know, depends on your personality type, but I personally don't bother with business plans anymore because <laughs> they're so unrealistic. It's like yeah. the minute you put that idea into actual reality, it's going to change. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so with, so what you need to recognize is that you're running a business and so you're going to have to learn business things. You're going to have to learn, which actually leads into another point. I'll just say it now, which you're going to have to learn how a business works which includes things like selling and marketing like that's 
that's part of a business. You can't be like, oh, I don't like marketing or I don't like selling. I want a successful business, but I don't like selling to people. It's like, well, having a part of having a business is that you need <laughs> you to make that. money. So like, and there needs to be some sort of sales process. It might not be you cold calling people or something like that. Um, it can look very different. Um, selling people might just be getting them to buy into your exercise philosophy, which is just showing them what you do. So it doesn't have to be, but, but you need that skill. Yep. Yeah. It needs to be part of your business. Well, and it's, as you said, some people may not have that at the start, but then that's something that you need to invest in, mm-hmm. you know, because if you don't, you, your business is going to fail miserably. And I suppose that leads on to one of my points here in uh, advertising. Now, to get clients, that's the hardest part, and I feel that this is where I tried a number of different things before I found the one now that I just solely use that is working a treat for me. So I at the start, I tried around for a lot of Facebook ads and things like that, but I didn't have any real clear direction with it, no lead pages, no email list or anything like this. So, so what I was were you just, doing, just sending people to your website? Well, it wasn't even that. It was, it was just people to contact me. Or, ah. so like, this is how, like, I was just trying anything <laughs> in it and it just didn't work. I'm sure if I did Facebook now, I'd set it up properly with some landing pages and things, which I've actually done through my website, mm-hmm. but I've found that the best way of getting clients now is by having a really good website, having lead pages set up for if what people are wanting to search and then obviously paying quite a little bit of money to Google. So for all the areas that I run my boot camps, my personal training, to be right up in the top one or two. And why I do this is that I've found people on Facebook that may be interested in thing may not be looking for a boot camp, whereas people that go on Google and type in boot camps in Richmond, they're obviously looking for what you're providing. So if you can be right up the yeah. top, have an appealing website, and have a quick response time, then I've found that the number of new clients I'm getting has gone through the roof, all right? So I can see why people would be a little bit scared though because if you don't have a website, then you obviously can't do it and it does cost quite a little bit of money. But I think, again, that's don't be cheap, reinvest in yourself because the number of new clients that I've got and that have stayed on is well and truly outweighed the amount of money I've spent. So I think advertising, for me, Google rankings has really worked well. And then the last one is word of mouth. You you can't go past word of mouth for attracting new clients. So obviously you want to keep all your clients on side and do a good thing and then that will take care of itself. Yeah, uh, it makes me think of like if you owned a, a gym or a studio, like a PT studio, you have an address where your business lives at but if you're a boot camp you're running out of parks and stuff like that like people need a way they can find you and so they need to be able to find you and where are they going to look for you they're going to look for you you google Google. exactly what What do you do in life you google Uh i don't know something i'll google it Uh you don't facebook it yeah you don't look in your mailbox for a flyer you know like off that one chance that somebody's looking for it when you finally deliver it to them Mm -hmm. that's just not realistic i don't think whereas google Bang. That's why they got a monopoly on the market because everybody uses it for everything. So mm-hmm. I think if you're not using Google, you need to start. It's my turn? Yep. Okay, what haven't I covered yet? Okay, yeah. So I guess this follows on from marketing. Create processes for everything. <laughs> so a business should be just basically a series of processes, which helps when hiring assistants and staffs and, and things like that. 
So you should have a process like that. You, basically, by process, I just mean like a checklist. So, so like when I need to do this, I follow this checklist. And what you'll actually find when you write out processes is that you keep a lot of it in your head. You might think of a of a something you do, a task you do is just like a one. If you wrote a to do list, there would just be one thing on the to do list. But actually, there's like maybe seven, eight, 15, 20, 30 steps that it takes for you to complete that task. So it's great to have this written out so that you give a consistent, your business is consistent because that's another thing clients are going to notice who, when they're coming to your boot camps, they're going to notice your consistency around how often you follow up with them. New clients, you need to be consistent and have a process for how you follow up with them and the process before they start with you. And everyone in your business needs to be trained on these processes. So it's a consistent across the board. Other things you have processes for are writing your newsletter. So this also helps you actually get things done. If you've actually got a process already written out for how you generate what you're going to write in your newsletter and then actually writing the newsletter and then sending it out to email lists and all the rest of it, uh, that's going to make life a lot easier. Uh, things like keeping track of payments, you should have a process for that as well. You know, it shouldn't be like, I didn't have any money. I'm going to follow up the clients who haven't paid me yet. Or um, it should just be like, you know, when the billing two days pass, someone hasn't paid you or whatever, or their payments bounced, you should have a process in place that triggers that then either sends them and you can set this up. Technology these days, you can set this up all automatically. If anything, it'll email you and let you know so that you can then follow up with that person. So all this stuff, the more processes you can put into your business, just the smoother things are going to be and you'll find mentally your brain will be then freed up to do the more important work like the training and the stuff like that because when you're doing this sort of mundane work you're not having to remember all these little steps that your brain you just keep stored in your brain yep. whenever you run through them yeah i really like that i think that's a really really good point there which sort of leads me on to my next one and it's i suppose it's like anyone that starts out in the workforce that when you go to a, a new workplace, so I know when I become a teacher, I was given a mentor, right? So for the first two years, I had a really experienced teacher that I would sit down with every two weeks and we'd just talk about how things are going, how am I going with crowd control, with the class, learning students, any issues, anything that we wanted to discuss, there was no clear agenda. So I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make when they're running a boot camp or getting straight into it is that they just do it all themselves, all right? I recommend either finding a fellow PT in the area that you work with, so in the same city or state or something like that, that you can catch up with coffee or you can just see how the sessions are going, or I would probably look at getting a mentor, a business mentor, to help you grow your business, all right, and and really give you advice for maybe areas that you're not as strong at. So if you struggle with marketing or if you struggle with advertising, Right, or if you struggle with delivering your sessions or speaking out loud or planning or anything like that, then that's where you need to work on that. Right? It's like any job, you need to have a mentor and you need to be continually upskilling yourself. So I think getting a business mentor or a fellow PT to work with is a really important tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, definitely agree. I talked about that the other week when you interviewed me how joining a studio when I started off was great because, you know, the owner of the studio and the other trainers there who were more experienced than me and they could help me. Recently, I just hired myself a personal trainer 
And I went to a gym that I know has really, really good trainers and they have a really good education program for their trainers because I kind of wanted to start learning about this stuff again. It had been a while since, you know, I had done a CEC course or anything like that. And, yep. and I was like, well, why don't I go learn from some really good people? I've had a coach, business coach for the past over 12 months now, about 18 months now. And yep. that's made a huge difference. And a a personalized coach can be quite expensive compared to a mentor. Someone might mentor you for free Free. and kind of call them on the phone and stuff. And when you have a business coach, it's another step. But it's worth the investment when you get to that point. And that's probably something that you work up to. So you have your mentor to start with. And then Uh obviously with their support and their guidance, you're able to build your business. And that's when you can go, right, the next step for me is to get hire somebody a professional coach uh-huh. like you've done uh-huh. right but i think a lot of people will do this for free mm-hmm. and only not only that to collaborate with somebody else as well and share ideas so i'd recommend if you don't have any support networks that you'd find a pt in your local area or a boot camp instructor and you'd team up with them and just share ideas mm-hmm. i suppose my last one and I, this is a big message that we both sort of spoke about Um, in our interviews and you'll hear it from us a lot of the episodes we do but don't be afraid to fail right so a lot of people are scared sometimes to take risk or do certain things because the chance of failing is quite high but the only way that Kyle and myself are sort of where we are now is because we've failed and you learn from those mistakes all right and I think that's a really valuable lesson that magic happens when you fail right often you don't get these good ideas until something doesn't work so mm-hmm. my biggest advice is failing is good if yeah. that if you can sort of spin that around i see failure as an attempt that didn't work so the next time i can do it better mm-hmm. yeah trying to yeah so never gonna be something you can't recover from no. like very rarely and especially with the boot camp business i mean it's so easy and cheap to start up it, worst case scenario is you just reinvent yourself which i was thinking about when you're talking about mentors, like another thing that's really useful that I didn't actually write down, but it was like having a really clear vision of what your business is about and what you like you personally are about. Like, what do you stand for? Cause otherwise, especially in an industry like fitness industry where there's like all this stuff going on and new diets and fads and this guy's like, my way is the best. And this guy's like, my way is the best. And that guy's an idiot. And, and these things are popping up all the time. Like, you need to be really clear about where you stand in that and that can change over time. That's okay. But being yeah, really familiar with that, that's going to help guide you just like a mentor help guide you with decisions, but having that internal compass is going to help really guide you in the various decisions. And yeah, knowing like when you fail that it's okay. Hmm. Like you, you did the thing that you thought was right and, and you can now look at how you can maybe do that a different way that will help which will succeed maybe next time. Yep. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, hopefully you uh, yeah, got some valuable lessons out of that. Still I still got one more. You still got one more? Still got one more. <laughs> oh, here we go. Saving the oh, best yeah. to last. Cat sitting on my iPad here. <laughs> so the last one was very practical advice. And it's just that you should pay yourself out of your business. Mm, good point. So what I mean by that is I think, especially when we're sole traders, that's what we are here in Melbourne or Australia and the US are called sole proprietors and I'm sure there's similar ones in Europe and Asia and South America and Africa include everywhere might be one in Antarctica as well I'm not sure but the 
it's often what we do is any income that comes in through our business is we treat it like personal income. So we just spend it. And some of it might go back to the business. Some of it might get advertising, but probably a lot of it just goes into our bank account. So what is a really good habit to get used to from day one is instead of just spending all money that comes into your business, pay yourself a salary out of that money. So set up a separate bank account. Even if you're not, even if you are running as a sole trader or proprietor, like you can easily set up a separate personal account that you keep that all your business money comes through. Pick a wage that you'd like to pay yourself. If you if you have a partner and they're working full time and they're supporting you at this point, that's great because that means you can pay yourself quite a low wage, which means you can put more back into the business and it will grow faster. And yeah, just keep paying yourself that because I see a lot of a big problem a lot of trainers come up with is throughout the year as you know it's winter at the moment yep your numbers go up and down they do so your, in- your business income goes up and down yep but you want to have enough money that you've made during the busier months of the year that there's still money in your business bank account to pay you so that you can still your quality of life isn't going to change when your business changes yep that's really important because it's in those times when it's quiet that you need to really be on your A game and if you're stressed about money all the time that's going to reflect. Yeah, that's going to reflect. You're going to become desperate. You're going to become needy around, you know, getting new clients and things like that. So that's something to get in the hat. And me telling you this, like clients reach out, trainers reach out to me during winter. They're like, I've lost numbers, not making enough money. It doesn't help them at that point for me to tell them, oh, well, you should have saved money during <laughs> summer because they're in it right now. Yeah. So I'm saying like, do it now, like yep. start getting in this habit now. And then as you grow into like a company and things like that, if that's the path you go down, you're going to need to pay yourself a wage then anyway. So really good habit to just get into from day one with yeah. your money. I reckon that is too, because yeah, it is, it is hard at the moment, winter, you know, yeah. like, and if you're only relying on that sole income and you uh-huh. spend all your money through summer when, yeah. when it's, uh, when it's raining money, uh-huh. you know, you're going to be in a bit of trouble. So I think those last two points are really important. You know, don't be afraid to fail and plan ahead. Don't uh-huh. just live week to week. Yeah, that's what you're sort of saying, isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and I don't know if we're, maybe we should mention we're not actually qualified financial advisors, no. so you should take any financial <laughs> advice we have with a grain of salt, and you should consult a professional. <laughs> this is just our opinion on the topic. Okay. Very I don't good. know if we're meant to. <laughs> well, we've covered all bases. We've covered yeah. all bases there. Yeah. Okay, so we'll do we quickly. We'll do a recap. So we'll go through. I'll go through my five points, and then maybe you go through yours. So yep. mine were. My uh, don't that I had was just focusing on the training and hope the rest will work out. You, know, you need to focus on your, the business side as well. Two, bootstrapping is about being frugal, not being just tight with your money. Three, create processes for everything. Four, learn basic selling and marketing. And five, pay yourself out of business. Yep, cool. Um, mine was don't be cheap. So with equipment, your website, your logo, everything like that, make sure you spend money. Uh, advertising is definitely a must. For me, I've found that Google rankings is really, really important. And also, as I said before, having a good website. Number five is hire people who are better you than certain tasks. So I think it'd be really important just to write down things that you're really good at, things that you may struggle with. The areas you struggle is where you need to hire somebody else. Get a mentor or a fellow PT to work with. And then my final one is don't be afraid to fail. The only way we learn is through failure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, well, episode six done. Hope you enjoyed that, guys. And 
If you uh, want to leave a lovely uh, review, five star, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. Alrighty, guys, thanks for listening. If you uh, really like our episode, you can uh, leave feedback and check out our show notes. Yeah, you can find the show notes to all our episodes at trainerstribe.com forward slash podcasts. Uh, and if you're feeling generous or you'd really like to let us know how you're feeling, you can go to iTunes and leave a really nice review for Kyle and myself. Yeah, or if you want to help us spread the word and get more trainers you know, putting some of this awesome stuff into action and helping to improve our industry, uh, just email this onto someone else or forward it or tell them about the show. We'd really appreciate it. It's really helpful. I've been uh, Dale Sidebottom. I've been Kyle Wood. 